Welcome to the Jason and Scott Show, your source for the latest news and trends in the e-commerce industry. Featuring host Jason Retail Geek Goldberg, SVP of Commerce at Razorfish, and Scott Wingo, founder and executive chairman of Channel Advisor. Here are Jason and Scott. Welcome to the Jason and Scott Show. This is episode 155 being recorded on Wednesday, November 28th, 2018. I'm your host, Jason Retail Geek Goldberg. And as usual, I'm here with your co-host, Scott Wingo. Hey, Jason, and welcome back, Jason and Scott Show listeners. Well, folks, we are past the Cyber Five or Turkey Five or whatever phrase you want to use for those magical five days that we plan all year for in retail land. And this is part two of our three-part halftime check-in for Holiday 18. We are excited to have back on the show for the third time. You may remember her from episode 60, uh, 109, and here she is on 155, Tamara Gaffney. Uh, Tamara is Adobe's principal analyst for the Experience Index. Welcome back to the show for the third time, Tamara. Hey, it's getting to be a trend. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. I like it when the data analyst recognizes that it's a trend. That's legit. Uh, Tamara, um, super excited to have you back. You're in a rare company as a three-time guest. I think you might be only our second three-time guest. Um, oh my gosh, that's like do I get a do I get a like a, a medal or a hat or something? Oh my god. All the propaganda's in the mail to you right now. I'm thinking a turkey hat. I've seen these turkey hats for Turkey Five. No, 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 no. Uh, a new gift became available today, which is exclusively the only gift I'll be giving out this Christmas season. Uh, Bob the Singing Bass, uh, now Alexa enabled. Oh my gosh, really? That is just, that. that's just perfect. Um, but it should be a singing turkey. I'm, I'm just Yeah, saying. that would be more thematic. But a couple of years ago, a guy hacked one of the singing bass with an Alexa, and now there's a, a, apparently an official product, so... I, I'm buying them in bulk just uh, in case anyone needs a gift. I, I think it will be a collector's item. Uh, you, you are probably right. Uh, so one fun thing about the show is we keep collecting more and more audience. So for the audience that may not have heard the last two shows, um, can we get like the brief version of uh, your background and how you came to Adobe? Okay. Well, um, the brief background was a long and winding road, but basically I, I love data. I do a lot of um, storytelling with data. And in the case of Adobe, which most people don't know this, and maybe some of your listeners don't, those who've been here a while have figured out that Adobe is more than Photoshop and Acrobat PDF. We actually have the infrastructure, the we call it the Experience Cloud, and it runs in behind the scenes, it pretty much runs a lot of the internet, uh, all the way from the websites to how people track their data on the web or in their mobile applications, or even, I mean, this one's really kind of cool. You know those Coke machines that you go up to and you, you select what you want? They're called a freestyle machine. Some of our technology is even on that screen as well. And so, you know, Adobe has tons and tons of information, in, part in particular retail information like we're going to talk about today, over a trillion visits to retail sites. There are 55 million um, 
SKUs, which basically means unique products. And we're measuring 80 of the top 100 U.S. online retailers. So that's a lot of data. And we've been doing this a long time and to track what's going on with online sales. So that's what's coming up out of this report and how we got to it. Awesome. And um, in that experience cloud, there's things like Adobe Experience Manager, which runs a lot of the websites. Um, there's uh, There now is Magento, which is a, a e-commerce platform that our listeners would be familiar with. Um, but in particular, there's a web analytics platform that was formerly known as Omniture, which is near and dear to a lot of our hearts. Yeah. And uh, my assumption is a lot of the specific holiday retail data we're talking about comes from aggregating um, all of the, the Omniture clients out there. Am I, am I generally right on that? You're, you're generally right, although many of them have, have only been around since before, since after Omniture name was retired, which was over, over what, eight years ago. <laughs> so, but good news, um, the analytics cloud is finally getting more search term um, than Omniture is uh, after eight years. Uh, it was a, a very good brand. So, um, and that, yes, that's where the data is coming from uh, for this type of information. And, and it's U- U.S. data I'm going to be quoting. Awesome. And I know you're not the product manager, so I'm not teasing you about this. Uh, but technically, when you retire a name, you should change the URL. And since most analysts still go to amateur.com to get their data, uh, that's it's somewhat it's not officially retired in my mind. But I, <laughs> Oh, details. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm just having fun. Um, and... Magento was a pretty new acquisition. Uh, like, are you starting to get data from them as well? Yeah, starting to, but we've been really um, a, a very light touch this particular holiday season because uh, they, they're they an e-commerce platform company. And so obviously this is their busiest time of year. So disturbing them with asking for information was, was not something we wanted to do right in the middle of Black Friday when they needed to make sure the systems were all running at perfect uh, pitch. Cool. Um, so I have a burning question based on the freestyle machines. What's the most popular flavor upgrade? Can you? you know, <laughs> I haven't done that. I have not. All right. Next year. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and guess. It's just flat out Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. My favorite is when kids uh, sit there and they put every little flavor injection and it takes like two hours. So. And it comes out like this really, you know, neon. <laughs> or something like that and you're like oh my gosh yeah cool but but seriously back in the the world of e-commerce let's talk about holiday 2018 at kind of a 30,000 foot level what did you guys expect coming in and how are we shaping up well so what we expected for the whole season was about a 14.7 percent growth rate which is higher than the growth rate we had last year at 14.3 percent Um, and anyone who understands stats knows that when you have a higher growth rate on top of a higher number, the absolute growth is quite a bit more. And, and so that was surprising. And we looked at Labor Day, uh, which turned out to be the first ever $2 billion online day outside of the holiday season. And that happened this Labor Day, and we had um, over 25% growth on Labor Day. So we were heading into the holiday season really primed for it to be big. And so the prediction was that it was going to be bigger growth than last year. And um, and then going through the first part of the season, it was looking 
um, even bigger than what we had predicted. Uh, up until the the cyber five days, we were at $58.5 billion, which was a 19.9% growth rate. So the very beginning part of the season came in a little bit higher than our expectations. Um, and then we were looking at what was happening during the, the cyber five, and it was starting to come in much higher than our predictions. Uh, so we're, we're definitely seeing very strong seasons so far. Yeah, so that was the one of the first things that jumped out at me is is uh, November December you're uh, you know somewhat aggressively calling for fourteen point seven percent growth and then you get nineteen almost twenty percent growth rolling into the cyber five um, and the average over the cyber five I want uh, uh, is someplace in the order of magnitude of like twenty eight percent growth um, so I guess I was curious is that kind of expected and it just feels like more of the the sales are aggregating in that like peak shopping time and we're going to see much more modest growth the rest of the the holiday period or is there a chance we're really going to blow away that 14.7%? Yeah, this is a really good question and um normally the cyber 5 is a 20 plus percent growth and so that wasn't as much of a blowout although black friday was higher than we expected it to be um and you know that's actually been a trend in the last five years that we've we've uh, underestimated black friday but uh but the whole the whole five days came in within one percent of what we expected the, the the five days of thanksgiving to be and so we're at a point now where um, we either if we see a lull happening and we did start to see a bit of a lull. So Cyber Monday grew at 19.3 percent. It was a seven point nine billion dollar day. And I remember reporting numbers when we were first hitting two billion on Cyber Monday. And now we're almost at eight. And so we're definitely seeing a, a really consolidation along this weekend. But the very beginning part of the season was definitely up. So if we don't see a slowdown in the next couple of weeks, we will um, probably be higher than our overall season estimate. Nice. And then one inside baseball thing. I think there's one more day in the holiday period this year than last year, right? So. That. There is, and that was taken into account. Interesting little factoid, um, and, and some of this information, what we're calculating now is that it's about a $280 million increase in online sales just to have one more day. Um, and I think, and you correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not 100% sure, but is this the longest the season gets? Is it going to go back to, to short next year? I think it might. I know next year is shorter, um, but yeah. you can actually stump me. I, I can't sit here and definitively say this is the the longest of the total calendar cycle. I'm not I gonna... think I think it is. I think this is the longest it gets. And then what ends up happening is that it lops off like a whole week um, next year. And so that costs about two hundred and eighty million dollars a day just because retailers have pegged the shopping to start on a day that isn't necessarily you know, the same distance from Christmas. And that's a, that's a really big challenge for them uh, next year, but this year it's a big gift. So that's, that's what we, we saw that we predicted that into our findings. And we, what we saw actually a couple of years ago, before we exported the notion of Black Friday over the pond to Europe, which now is a very big day in Europe, but it didn't used to be. And what we discovered uh, before we had 
seen Black Friday get exported was that Europeans started their shopping earlier. And so what retailers have done by creating Black Friday is um, delay shopping. Although this year, it looks like there wasn't as much of a delay. People got on it, um, at least online, a lot faster than, than normal. I like it. So us lazy Americans are even exporting our, our lazy shopping habits. I love it. Well, yeah, and they're, they're all shopping in, in London on Black Friday and have absolutely no idea where they're shopping on a Friday. That's not a holiday in their country. Uh, yep. Yep. I, I totally get it. Um, and, uh, side note, it does feel like there's pretty darn favorable consumer, uh, macroeconomic conditions this, this year. And, you know, there's that, the, there's personal income tax benefits this year that go away next year and all these things. Um, the shorter holiday next year and the super favorable climate this year, I do sort of feel bad for a lot of retailers that are going to have to comp against this year. Next year is going to be a little rough. Yeah, they're probably going to head into January starting to think, how on earth am I going to get what I got out of this season next year? Exactly. But that's tomorrow's problem. That is. And here's a little fun fact for you about Cyber Monday. Um, U.S. consumers spent 11,000 years shopping online on Cyber Monday. 11,000 man years? 11,000 man years. Wow. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, it wouldn't be a Jason and Scott show if we didn't talk about Amazon. And if you don't want to talk about Amazon, that's fine. We can talk about any interesting retailer trends that you you observed uh, that you want to point out. Well, I I don't tend to talk specifics about retailers in part because, you know, getting the permission to aggregate findings, um, you don't want to really call any of them out per se. But one of the interesting findings that I will talk about is um, what they call um, uh, B-O-P-I-S. B-O-P-I-S. Focus. Uh, Yeah, buy online, pick up in store. And um, and that was a huge increase, 65% increase in that in, on um, Cyber Monday. And so it really gives you a lot of concept around why did Amazon buy Whole Foods and why are pure play retailers setting up pop-up retail in, uh, locations um, or, or something where people can kind of go and physically interact. So it's funny because in the past, the idea was you didn't have the expense of having any kind of physical location, but the reality is, is it really is a benefit. And so um, that is a big trend for retailers. And it also helps extend the back end of the season. So in the past, we saw shopping pretty much grind to a halt around the 16th or 17th of December. And now we will see shopping all the way up until Christmas Eve. And that's because you can pick up in store. And so that's that's what I would say is the most interesting retail trend uh, that we tracked this year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and and side note, if you're in uh, Europe, uh, instead of saying BOPUS, you say click and collect, which sounds more, more uh, sophisticated. Doesn't uh, it? They're always so much more sophisticated, you know. Exactly. It's aluminum and aluminum and timber instead of wood. They have all kinds of cool stuff. <laughs> extra use and everything. Um the <laughs> I thought I saw I th- I thought I saw another interesting stat along with the uh, in the omni channel category. Um were you seeing 
retailers that had a brick and mortar presence outperforming pure play retailers. Am I remembering that right? Or am I making that up? That was in the prediction. And um, we didn't put out anything yet on whether or not that's, that's coming true, but it was a part of our prediction. Got it. Okay. Um, well, we'll, we'll look forward to hearing how that plays out. Um, a, a, uh, an increasingly omni-channel thing, uh, to me is, uh, how customers are behaving on the mobile phones because they're, they're, you know, in addition to using those mobile phones at home a lot, they're, they're using them in the store. Um, and so I'm, I'm particularly interested in how, uh, mobile played out, uh, this holiday. And so, um, can you share any insights in terms of like traffic or number of orders or, or um, a revenue on, on mobile versus desktop? Yeah, that's the cool thing about our, our data set is that we can see any visits from any kind of device and track what type of device it was. Um, by the way, those people who came with an iPhone were much more likely to purchase than those who came with an Android. I'm an Android user, so I'm feeling a little bit, you know, I don't know, maybe you got to have an iPhone to be the cool kid. But um, but with mobile shopping, what ended up happening was Cyber Monday brought in $2.2 billion of the 7.9 off of mobile devices. That's up 55.6% versus last year. So apparently retailers are starting to figure out, and it still is, not you know the majority of the shopping, but they're starting to figure out how to get that actual sale off the mobile phone. There, we always saw a lot of visits. We were even last year over fifty percent of the visits were from a mobile device, but a much lower percentage of the of the final sales came from the mobile device. And so now what we're seeing is that's growing tremendously, and I think it has a lot to do with a number of improvements to the experience of shopping on a mobile. Yeah. Um, and I, I know you published the digital index year round. Um, uh, I don't want to put you on the spot, uh, to memorize a bunch of numbers, but, um, is the majority like across the whole index is the majority of traffic now on mobile or is, or, or is when it goes over 50% at holiday, is that a, 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 a seasonal peak? Yeah, that's a seasonal peak. Those are the, the most mobile days that we end up ever seeing. And it has a lot to do with the fact that people during that high volume visit period aren't at home. And so um, you'll see really high mobile on Christmas Day. You'll see it on Memorial Weekend, you know, the typical times when people are out and about or on vacation is when we start to see mobile hitting over 50%. But it's not enough of the year yet to be overall over 50%. Got it. And so what's interesting to me is, um, so A, I, my clients tend to be um, very large retailers at the top of the ecosystem. And a number of them are like basically experiencing year-round 50% rates now, which not surprising. They're the most likely to have uh, an avid mobile app user base and all these things. Um, but the problem we always run into is we're seeing more and more traffic go to mobile um, but the conversion rates on mobile have historically lagged and the AOVs on mobile have lagged. And so you have this big gap where more traffic shifting to mobile, but the mobile isn't uh, generating the same revenue that the desktop visits used to. Um, and my my hypothesis is that as we all get better at mobile experiences, that gap is starting to narrow. Our, our, um, can you confirm or deny that from from what you're seeing this holiday? Is Is there less of a 
a gap between traffic and revenue this year than there was last year? There is there is still a gap, but it is closing. And in particular, it's closing on these very high shopping days. A large part of that is coming from an email click off of a mobile device. And I've talked about this maybe in your in the last um, episode we did together, but there's this notion of rolling over, um, you know, not even out of bed yet and starting your Black Friday shopping on the phone before, you know, you've even put your slippers on. And so the the combination of those people who are willing to buy off of their mobile devices through email is becoming much more prevalent and there's less friction. The biggest friction points, and this was from data that we did uh, several months ago, the biggest friction points were really around the size of the picture of being able to see what you're shopping for. So you will not see as many higher end device uh, things, not devices, but just general, you know, gifts um, through the mobile device. And that will make the AOV lower, but it isn't necessarily affecting every kind of retailer the same. Some retailers have super high end luxury goods and people wanna see those maybe a little bigger. And that's that's one of the big challenges. But one of the things that's gotten a whole lot easier is logging on has gotten much easier and um, being able to zoom in, you know, at least to see text larger has gotten easier. So there's a a lot of things about the mobile experience um, on the browser. Anyways, the the other side of the coin is a mobile app. And I should uh, point out that none of this information includes mobile app shopping because that isn't coming through to Adobe Analytics in the same way. And that can be a very big percentage, especially for large, large retailers. Got it. So that could be, you know, maybe if we included mobile app, we could be kind of over 50% on a consistent basis, I guess. Yeah. And the mobile apps research shows us that what happens during the holiday is sometimes people will install a retailer app and then they'll uninstall it in January. Mm -hmm. Um, Or they'll really keep a few retailers apps, but not very many on their phone. Awesome. Um, uh, so sounds like holiday, at least from a top line perspective is doing well. Can you tell how promotional it is? So anecdotally, you know, I'm finding uh, and the shoppers in my family are finding, it just feels like better deals this year, um, which implies, you know, more of a percent off and could be a worse bottom line as, as this kind of is revealed in Q1. Do you have any, uh, directional guidance on that? Well, I'm looking at the discounts. Televisions were at about an 18.9% discount overall. Um, computers were at about 179 and toys were at 309 What we're seeing overall look very similar to what we saw last year. Toys have a little bit more discount this year than they did last, last year. But overall, the discount percentages look very similar. Maybe what you're seeing is a particular... Um, decline in prices overall. And so they don't need to discount a television as much because it's, it's list price is lower than it was last year. Interesting. Well, that that's potentially good news. Uh, I was sort of aligned with, with Scott anecdotally, it felt like a very promotional season, but uh, I, I will be glad to find out um, that we didn't give away too much margin. Uh, I think, do you guys also look at the percentage of free shipping and is that pretty consistent this year from last year? Are we giving away more shipping? 
Yeah, we, we looked at free shipping in our prediction and it is a factor, but it, it looks like it's very similar to how it has been in the, in the past, um, with the exception of this uh, click and collect to be the more elegant European term mm-hmm. is, is helping retailers to not have to give away as much free shipping. And so I think that what we'll see is that the shipping expense will start to decline overall as retailers find a way to avoid paying a lot for express shipping. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, related to my earlier mobile question, I'm, I'm also kind of curious. If, so one of the things that I think adds a lot of friction on mobile is it's not very much fun to type your credit card information into a mobile phone. Yeah. Um, uh, but increasingly, there's better utilities in North America for digital wallets. Like there's more users on PayPal. Um, Apple Pay is getting more traction. You mentioned Apple users are spending a lot more than Android users. Are you guys able to see any data around payment methods? And are there any interesting trends coming up this holiday season in terms of payment methods? You know, that is a part of the data set that we could look at. But we tend to stay away from looking at anything close to um, how people are paying. Just We don't have any personally identifiable or any secure data in the system, so it's really very anonymous. But we feel that if we kind of start putting out a lot of information around how people are paying, it might feel creepy. And so what we're doing is just kind of taking that piece of the data out of, of what we look at. Got it. So you're saying uh, even if I turn off the mic, you can't tell me what Scott's credit card number is? I can't. <laughs> if I did, I would have gone shopping with it myself. <laughs> That's a joke, friends. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, we um, have, you know, your data set is like one of my favorite data sets around this holiday because I sort of feel like um, you guys are, uh, have the broadest view, the widest range of different, different, um, types of retailers uh, that, that use your products and therefore you see their data. Um, there are a bunch of vendors that publish their own data. And some of it's interesting because they show me niches. Like I'm always curious, uh, like what Shopify says they're doing this year, because I think of them as sort of the long tail. Um, one, one vendor that published a lot of data this year is uh, Salesforce, which used to be the old demandware um, commerce platform. And one of the things that surprised me about their data set over this holiday is um, you have sort of um, habituized me to expect Cyber Monday to be the biggest day and Black Friday to be a big day, but not as big. Um, And it sounds like amongst the demandware customers, Black Friday outsold Cyber Monday. Um, And I was just curious if that surprises you or what, like what, how you interpret that. Yeah, well, I'll I'll just say this about um, they know what their methodology is. I can't speak to their methodology, but our methodology with 80 of the top 100 retailers, I feel like it's very large data set. Um, It does. Our data set does tend to skew towards the larger enterprise retailers. And so it's possible that for smaller um, retailers that there might be a different pattern, but I don't think that that represents the actual true dollar spending because of the large retailers way outperforming smaller retailers. And the gap between large and small is getting larger and larger as digital 
digital experiences require quite a bit of investment and it's getting harder for smaller businesses to keep up with that level of investment. That's part of the reason why some of them have closed down and also some of them have gotten, um, you know, acquired by the larger enterprises so that they can get their experiences online to be as good as what needs to be as consumers are expecting more. Very cool. So we're, we're getting right up to time. So I wanted to ask kind of a three part question. I'll sneak in there. <laughs> Number one. Uh, <laughs> Wait a minute. Do I get a bonus? <laughs> this is our trick. Once we the get you. It's, uh, in the fish now. <laughs> yeah. One more push up. One more push up. <laughs> uh, so part a, you, you talked about email um, as kind of a referral for mobile. Any interesting referral trends like social up or down or PPC up or down or SEO or anything like that. Um, Number two, anything else you want to highlight in the data? And then number three, maybe we wrap with, uh, you know, any pontifications you have about the rest of the holiday. Um, okay. So as far as the, the main sales drivers, what we saw was uh, just typing in and going directly to a retailer was the most common way. And by the way, that also includes jumping in from an email that looks like you typed it in directly. Um and paid search was at 21.6% of the traffic. Uh, and that is up 6.2% year over year. Interestingly, from another report that I did that isn't related to this, it was a survey report. Um, I asked people where they liked to find out about new things. And search was kind of at the bottom of the list. So we're still dependent on search. We're still using search, but we don't really like it. Um, retailers don't really like it and consumers don't really like it, but it's kind of where we are. Um, the other thing, natural search was down. Social media is about the same at about 1.3% of the clicks coming from social media. So not a whole lot of change, a little bit more potential um, earnings power for our friends at Google. But other than that, I can't, there, you know, there's really nothing, nothing super shocking about that. Now I've lost track of your other questions, but as far- <laughs> second question was, was there anything in the data that we haven't asked about where you, you said, Hmm, I really need to tell Jason. And stuff. Um, okay. Well, here's, here's something that I think is interesting um, on the toys, on the, on the area of toys. And, and this is a, maybe you guys, you know, we all have kids, so maybe you can help figure out why this is a trend. But surprise gifts, things that come in little packages, like, you know, those those um, toys that you get, like, one at a time at the counter, and you don't really know what's going to be in it, but it's something, something that, like a Star Wars thing or whatever. Yeah. Um, those types of things, and the LOL surprise um, kind of packages are, are a trend. And I don't, I don't completely understand why kids today want not only a gift, which is a surprise in and of itself, to be a surprise <laughs> even after they open it. So it's, uh, what do you think? I mean, is that, is that just how kids have become so used to knowing everything that they just crave getting surprised nowadays? Yeah, so, so I'm a big Star Wars fan, and this has been in the collectible world forever, and we call them blind boxes, and it's usually kind of vinyl blind boxes. Um, and as a collector, you like it because it's kind of a fun game to try to collect them all, and I think it's kind of leaked out of the collectible world and into the mainstream. Um, so, so yeah, the the law surprise uh, is 
probably going to be, you know, just uh, it, this year's uh, last year, they had the fingerlings um, was the, and the hatchlings were hard to get uh, this year. You see them everywhere and you can't find the laws. So, so I just think it's kind of moved into the mainstream and it, it just kind of adds an element of fun and uh, you know, surprise to the holiday. I just wonder what that whole collectibles mindset amongst Gen Z or the, I like to call them crafters or creators because I hate the Gen Z term. It's so boring, but um, I just wonder if that's going to change their generation in some way and it will change the whole idea of uh, collectibles as being a much bigger thing as they go into adulthood. I don't know. Yeah, I think instead of going and buying them all to get them, I think uh, that generation's more into kind of like trading. And um, so I think it's going to be kind of like, you know, as collectors, you don't really trade them unless you get extras because you're trying to be, uh, you know, all inclusive and get a full set. Um, So, but I bet, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I think they're designed with more of a trading angle versus a, you got to get them all kind of an angle. Right. Yeah. Although I do, I do think that the notion for these kids of scarcity is going to be very different than previous generations, right? So, you know, uh, in in Scott's day, he only had to be the person in his circle of friends that got the cool Star Wars thing out of the blind box. Um, and there there weren't like perfectly efficient markets. Um, if in one one uh, pool of, of Star Wars collectors, there were too many of something and another pool, something was super scarce. Now all these markets are super efficient. And, uh, you know, when you have something unique, it has to be unique amongst your 10,000 friends on Instagram, not just your, your 50 friends in real life. And so that, you know, I do think uh, unique and scarce is going to equal like true limited editions of things and, you know, more personalized things um, for this generation than past, but it's, it's going to be interesting to watch. You know, I just thought of a new business idea. We need to sell parents some sort of x-ray machine that they can take to the store and see which of the surprise uh, boxes are the unique ones that their kid really wants in order to make sure that they get the right one. Uh, Unblind box technology. (laughs) That's right. It's the unblinding tool. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, The sad thing is, of course, kids would figure out how to use it way before the parents would. So that might be be that. The defeating factor. And that's probably going to be a good place to leave it because we have used up our allotted time for this uh, uh, holiday quick hit edition. Um, But if listeners have any follow-up questions or want to continue the discussion, as always, jump on our Facebook page and we'll continue the dialogue there. Uh, And of course, if you enjoyed this show, uh, we sure would appreciate it if you'd uh, jump on iTunes and as a holiday gift to Scott and I, you could give us that five-star review. Tamara, thanks for joining us. Uh, where can folks find you online if they want to kind of follow things through the rest of the holiday? Well, um, Twitter, I'm at Tamara G, which I, I got in pretty early on that name. Uh, <laughs> and you can uh, f- actually find us on our, we, we started our own podcast because you guys look like you were having way too much fun. And so I wanted to have more fun and have a little podcast too. So um, our podcast is called JNT data talk and that's on Android and on iTunes. And so that would be a good way to, to keep track of what's going on, but you can always contact me on, on a Twitter message. Awesome. So after uh, you listened to episode 155, switch on over to that podcast and check it out. Thanks. Thanks again for coming on the show. And until next time, happy commercing. You've been listening to The Jason and Scott Show. For all the latest news and trends on e-commerce and shopper marketing, subscribe to us on iTunes or visit www.jasonandscott.com.